On episode 31 of the Goblin Trash Masters, we talk about net decking, why this matters to you as a player who is looking to improve, and maybe even a little bit about a bad knockoff of the Marky Mark classic, Fear. I'm Kyle, joined by my partners in crime. Say hello, Ashley. Please, I do not want to talk about the threatening behaviors that a magic card has shown you. This makes me uncomfortable, and I don't like how much you seem to enjoy this. I do what I want. Say hello, Anthony. Don't worry, it'll be our little secret. Looks down. Okay, maybe not so little. Swim fan. Okay. Fuck, let's talk some trash. Kyle, did you make that deck yourself, or are you a Filthy net decker. Well, the deck is terrible, so of course I made it myself. Like, come on, without question. If I net decked, I would have won. But instead, <laughs> I played Lazatep Reaver and said go. But that's our topic for today, net decking. Not even once. No, I'm just kidding. Net decking is cool. <laughs> it's upsetting, but it's recently come to my attention that this is still a thing that people say. Yeah, and have very strong opinions about it. Yeah, the dumbest person you know has really strong opinions on this. Correct. I mean, they usually have strong opinions on a lot of things, so. Yeah, yeah. And they're all wrong. Uh (laughs) Real smooth brain. But luckily, we have Anthony, a net decker, and me, a homebrew nerd, to have both sides of this coin. Yep. Yep, yep. So <laughs> I guess this is this is a fucking this is a fucking thing we're gonna talk about. Yeah, okay. We're um, gonna we're gonna hash it out. We're gonna I, I, I this makes Ashley the judge. Um <laughs> Ashley is Judge Judy the executioner. Uh-huh. I, I I have I have some takes on this even in my little newbie form. So All right. I'm gonna pull up, let him cook. My 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 rhetoric <laughs> on this is very simple. The car you are currently driving, did you build it yourself? No, of course what not. What about no. the house you're living in? No, because the fucking shit that you use every day doesn't have to be built by you personally in order for you to use it effectively. And if you're doing anything where your results are relevant and matter, like, I don't know, going on the interstate or flying across the country to play in a competitive rules enforcement level magic tournament, why on earth would you want to do so in something you've built yourself you did not fly to the tournament in a plane you built yourself that's fucking stupid if your goal is to play really well and hone your skills and your technical play then why are you exerting any fucking energy in deck construction why does that even matter at all if your goal is to hone skills and get better i think it should not matter at all The people that are building real decks are people that are doing this with way more time than you have. Promise. Yes. That are getting in way more reps than you and have way more people working with them. Absolutely. You do not need to do this in order to be successful in this game. And as a matter of fact, taking energy off of what you should be working on, which is honing your skills to work on this skill that is not relevant and never pays off until you're a top, I don't know, top 100, 200 players in the in the country, I'd say is not a, a prudent use of your time. Don't fucking do it. I, I'm an extremist on this matter. I don't even think you should be worried about like making too many tweaks, too many meaningful tweaks to a deck. I just think the 
you you are giving up percentage points by focusing on that stuff rather than just playing the deck well. I think it's picking a deck, not building a deck. And see. that's it. End of episode. <laughs> Punches pilot. I wash my hands of you. <laughs> that was so <laughs> fucking dramatic. We wouldn't have expected anything else. Yeah, come on. All right. Uh, I do agree with Anthony. Like, focus on playing better, not so much deck construction. But I am a brewer at heart. So for the sake of, I guess, debate, argument, what have you, who gives a shit? Uh, sometimes you just want to play a meme deck or jank or just something fun. And I'm going to tell you, be honest with yourself. It's probably not going to do well. Trust me. I've done it a lot. Like, I've played a lot of really janky homebrews, but I at least admit, like, yeah, it's dumb. Like, I know it's not great, but I wanted to have fun today. I wanted to meme on people or just, I love all the cards in this deck. We're not all aspiring Spike. We're not going to have like just a limited time to build crazy decks and do well. It's just hone your skills, get better at magic. And like Andy said, don't put the spicy one of because most of the time it's just not going to work out because trust me from experience, I've done it. It doesn't work out, but I at least acknowledge it's bad. Yeah, that's that's my my thing with seeing the I think it's great if people want to play the meme deck. Like I think yeah, go for it's it. really fun. And if you're having fun, go for it. But don't expect that deck to be your winner. Don't expect that deck to be your top eight deck, because if you do that and you keep playing it, you're just bashing your head against a wall. Yeah. Don't get mad but, when you get dumpstered. N- no, you, you can't because you you have to know that. I mean, when you have, I don't know, a. a five ten percent win rate with it like why do you have a ten percent win rate with it do you know why that is if you know why that is it's not going to happen for you you know mm-hmm. like pick something else definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results yes it indeed. pertains to magic and your deck choices like if you mm-hmm. keep playing a deck that you built and it's not working it might be you yeah uh, yeah it might be and you know there's benefits to to net decking oh the dirty net decking you like it's it's not that bad it's these decks have done well and like hey this is my play style this is a deck that has done consistently well across competitive events why not just play that deck there's nothing wrong with that you don't have to put your take on it it's already there you don't have to spend brain power thinking of like oh i gotta build my sideboard i gotta build like my top end like what is my mana base gonna it's there you're done just go play the deck. Focus on playing the game. Yeah. As a new player, that's my largest point. Like, I have, I want to take all of the other things that I have to think about off my plate so that I can focus on playing the game correctly. So I can mm-hmm. work on moving from level zero to level one to level two and actually be there, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I want to be focusing on like we talked about last time, breaking serve. That's a big one for me. Like I, I want to think about those things and the things when you, when you net deck and when you think other people are net decking, you can prepare for an event accurately. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you can look at, um, so big thing that we did or that I did for the, the RCQ, I had a sideboard guide. Beautiful. I did not have to think about a damn thing because I had these decks I had an idea of what each of those lists would be. And knowing that, I knew what cards I was taking out and what cards I wanted to put in, and then I could play. Didn't have to think about it. I just read my book, you know? No surprises. If you're, and we saw it at the RCQ. When when people are not net decking, you either get blown out by something that you could not prepare for, 
or somebody else gets trounced because it's bad. They they aren't properly prepared for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and if you're knowing that, that's fine. Like you go in there, you know you're playing a fun deck, whatever. That's cool. But playing competitively, if you want to think about moving forward, if you have too many variables, how do you plan? Right? Yeah. This gives you a smaller amount of variables. Mm -hmm. It gives you a smaller counterspell suite to think about in blue decks. It gives you a set of that attracts as being played in these three decks now. So it could be an attracts version or it might not. Mm -hmm. All those things are so helpful when you are thinking about, and I think for any player, not just a newbie like me, like to think about when you're prepping. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nobody's got the gameplay at 100%, right? So no. you have a finite amount of mental energy, like it's zero sum. And any amount that you spend on not gameplay is going to something else. And I, I like your example about like you're wanting to really work on those skills. So you are focusing not on the the building and tweaking the deck as much as you are working on the technical skills. And I think a big part of that is if you get blown out because you cast, um, I don't know, random white card that could go in that deck, but doesn't all of a sudden you're not sure. Wait, did I get blown out because I picked the wrong card during deck construction or did I get blown out because it wasn't the right time to play this card? Yeah. Let's say you're playing mono green in Pioneer, right? And you really want the ninth and 10th one drop elf. So you play Deathrite Shaman and you play and you've got a lot of basics. So you're just also going to go ahead and you're going to play uh, a Fabled Passage. Mm. You lose a game because one of your cards isn't impactful. Is that because you picked the wrong thing off of your Oath of Nyssa early? Or is that because you're playing Deathrite Shaman and Deathrite Shaman shouldn't be in your deck at all? And while you're developing each of those skills, you get a definitive answer on neither of them, right? Mm -hmm. It's already hard enough to tell the difference between was this a decision I made that was right at the time, yes or no, when you're operating with a reasonable certainty that the cards that were available to you all were supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. But when you're brewing, when you're adding in extra weird fun of one ofs, all of a sudden you have to say, was there something different I could have done? Yes. Okay. Was it a gameplay thing or was it a deck construction thing? All of a sudden you're complicating that so much. You already don't have enough time in the world to get enough reps in to be incredibly confident on most things at least most of us don't and then when you add more complexity to that formula that you're trying to solve you just yeah. make that that much harder yeah yeah and i like your example about the rcq ashley where mm -hmm. in the sense where you're prepared for the pioneer metagame you mm -hmm. have your cyborg guide like like most of us are we're prepared for like these decks this is how they're built and when you run into jank or a homebrew whether it's good or bad and everything in between, you could misplay. You could play incorrectly or just not know what decisions to make because who the fuck knows what you're playing against? Mm -hmm. And the same thing with the player who's playing like, the oh, it's the spicy thing. I'm teching for the meta. And then they get mad at themselves because they didn't do as well as they thought they would. And they're, and yeah. they're saying, is it is it because of my play or is it because that the deck isn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah. It's just, it, it's better to just focus on, just, just minimize the the uh, the questions that you ask when you play Magic. Like, yeah. did I play correctly? Did I play incorrectly? 
when you put deck construction and you're playing a homebrew that hasn't really been tested, there's so many different fucking questions that, that go around and it's not beneficial. Well, and things like that can can reward bad gameplay too, right? Yes. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you may be winning that game, but that person also doesn't know if they are playing that game correctly. They think so because they won, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they did, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> They, they could yeah. be playing something very incorrectly, not understanding a rule about magic, which is something mm-hmm. that happened at the RCQ. An opponent of mine um, played a card incorrectly. And like, and we all do that. I'm not, I, I am the last person here who can shade that. We're all what human, I'm, you know. But <laughs> what I'm saying is like that, that idea can, can put in their head, oh, like I won with this deck. This deck is good. That might not be true. Oh, mm-hmm. I won with this deck. I must be a good player. That might not necessarily be true. You could be. Mm-hmm. But you don't know that based on based on that, right? It's not 100% accurate. You know, you can't like crunch the numbers and determine like, no, it's because of this. There's just so many different variables that happen with that. Yeah. And I think that the, the general accusation or generally when people say like net decking, net decker, stuff like that, is something that I got to enjoy just not hearing, not engaging with, not. I thought it was a thing that died in like 2002, but I found out that's not the case. So I was incredibly convinced that I did not have any allergies. Like I just was like, oh no, I don't have any allergies. I'm not allergic to anything from when I lived in like Jersey and New York. And then I moved to Kentucky and then I was like, oh no, I do have, fuck, oh I have, god, oh my god, same. I got allergies. Holy shit. Yes. I <clears throat> completely second that. So I feel like it was the same thing with net decking accusations. Like I heard them in 2002 and it wasn't like they magically stopped in 2002. It's just that that was about the time that I stopped engaging with that group. That was the time where my my allergies didn't go away. I just left Kentucky to continue this analogy. Right. Mm. Um, And kind of got reintroduced to that as soon as I like moved back into an LGS space for a while. Mm-hmm. is where I heard that and had to interface with that again. And I was just like, why did I go so long without hearing this? And I think the main reason is that magic is not a game. Magic is a rule set. And that rule set is an umbrella for a bunch of games that exist underneath it, right? Mm-hmm. And the game of competitive Magic the Gathering that I was playing, this is a non-issue. But yeah. there are a lot of games within that umbrella rule set of Magic that this never stopped being a concern. And I think at its core, that comes down to the fact that there are different goals held by people that find themselves in these like subgroups, right? In these subgroups or different games under that umbrella rule set. So for people that are playing very casually, like, I mean, not even at an LGS, like very, very casually, um, wins or losses don't mean anything individually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people are not going to be nearly as focused on technical play or trying to eke out an extra five percentage points here or there. That's just not the goal for a lot of those groups. Magic. The goal is to kind of present yourself as present itself as like as it would a board game. Like, hey, I want to hop into this i want to play this the goal is to create a fun or novel or interesting situation or maybe the goal is to treat magic as a a, a, an avenue for self-expression 
hey, I really like Minotaur. I'm building a Minotaur deck. Mm -hmm. Their tribal mechanic is being two threes. So yeah, like that big Minotaur Lord where he gives every all Minotaurs plus two plus three, he makes their Minotaurs more Minotaur. <laughs> more minotaur Extra horns. Chonkier. Yeah. But I think that's a, that's a really good point too because like having your goals in mind with, with magic is something that ties into this. Like, do you just want to be creative? Do you just want to have a fun time? Do you want to win? Do you want to play competitively? Having your goals in mind is a great way to decide how you construct your decks. Because mm -hmm. we're, we're like, Ashley is joining us on the, the, the joining our club of the magic grinder, you know, <laughs> and just like playing competitively, like, pl like playing the best decks and yeah. just only thinking about gameplay. And then there are people who just like, like I said, I just want to play a Minotaur deck. I don't care if I win or lose. I just, I want to have fun. I want to be creative. I want to play the thing, the cards I like. And yep. I was like that when I, when I was younger and I played magic, mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, the art's cool. I'm going to put this yeah. in a deck and everybody's like, this is terrible. I'm like, yeah, I'm 12, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, don't get me wrong. There are people that exist in the competitive space that really want to brew and do something wacky. And that that's that's not absolute. Right. It's yeah. just a general no. heuristic to say, like, mm -hmm. uh, the brewers live in these casual spaces because there are plenty of people that exist in competitive spaces that their goal is to win games of magic with something that's off the wall. Mm -hmm. So building something that's a little out off the beaten path, right, is consistent with their goal. Yeah. But if their goal is like tight technical play and they are playing Minotaur Tribal and Modern, my recommendation would be pick Don't. something else. <laughs> yeah. Don't. I do not think Minotaur Tribal is going to put you in a situation where you are you are able to effectively and efficiently hone these skills. Mm -hmm. Right. It's all about those goals. And if you find that you really want to treat magic as an avenue for self-expression and your current goal is and your current goal is honing competitive skills, then I don't think that that path will get you to that destination. Just plainly put, I don't think that that path gets you to that destination. I think that means you'd either need to adjust the path or adjust the destination, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that means you need to either change what the goal is or change what you're doing to accomplish those goals. I do not think that playing multiplayer theme deck commander is a way to make you better at magic. If your goal is, I want to get better at magic, the joy I find in this game is the improvement. That does not move you towards that goal. I'd recommend against it. If your goal is to do something wacky, then that is a great way to move towards that goal, right? Mm -hmm. And I understand that at the end of the day, it's about fun. This is not an effective job for you know, 99.9% yeah. .9 of people who way more than that. 99.9% yeah. .9 of people that engage with the game in a competitive way. This is mm -hmm. not gainful employment. Right. Okay. It needs to be fun. But what I, uh, I, I think is important is that the improvement can be the fun. We mm -hmm. are deciding where we find our fun. And if we know where we find our fun, then we can set our goals and our actions towards those goals all in a nice, neat line where our actions lead us toward our goals and our goals lead us towards our fun that we're having, right? Mm -hmm. So where's your fun? Where's your goals? And I, I hate that dichotomy of am I playing for fun or am I playing competitively? Because they're not mutually exclusive at all. No. The competition part can be very fun. The improvement part can be very fun, you know? That's why we do for this. Me, yeah, because for me personally, the idea of playing 
a five player pod of 60 card casual where everybody has a monocolor deck of each separate color of magic. I think it's like called star format or something. I don't know. It sounds no idea. Yeah. uh, It sounds, that sounds like, that sounds like medieval torture. Bamboo shoots underneath your fingernails. Mm -hmm. If we assume that everybody's primary goal at the very tippy top is have fun, it will then deviate from Mm -hmm. there. Oh, so my goal and the person who loves prismatic star or whatever format, we both have the goal of have fun. What we split off is what does our fun look like? And then we say, have goals to reach you towards that. My fun is the grinding improvement, getting a little bit better iterating. That's my fun. So I do a lot of drills, discussions, whiteboarding, things like that. And may I make goals to get me through to that iteration. The person who does star, maybe their fun is unique and novel experiences and really playing with magic's color pie. They, that's their fun. So their goals might be something like convince five people that this is a good way to spend an hour. Their actions can move them towards their goals and their goals can help them achieve that fun. My actions help move me towards my goals and my goals move me towards that fun. Somebody else taking my actions and my goals might not be moving towards their fun if their fun is different than mine. I I love how you put that. I think that's just perfect it's like we've talked about it too in past episodes of like finding what you want out of the game it's just finding your fun that's the best part it's like magic's a game you're supposed to have fun while you play it and there are so many different ways to play magic which is i think is great but every way to play magic is is not going to be everybody's cup of tea like yeah like I, I'm, I'm the same way i love improving i want to play competitively i want to win and i want to do the work to get there and that's how I, that's the fun i get out of this game other people just want to play goofy commander decks where like every creature in this deck has a mustache and this makes me feel happy. Like, and just <laughs> and, like, and you do you, boo-boo. Like, that's, that's fine. fucking great. Oh, for what it's worth, every one of these types of players need to exist. Like, we, like, oh, yeah. Every, oh, yeah. Like, it, not everything's going to be for everybody, but that's a good thing. It is good that unplayable cards have value, right? It's, every card needs a home. It's good that Soul Ring is worth money. Yeah. And by yeah. worth money, I mean it's like worth a couple bucks mm-hmm. more after income taxes come through mm-hmm. for a month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but without, if the if the game were all players that existed in only our space, then Stomping Grounds would be $80. Yeah. And Avenger of Zendikar and Soul Ring would be garbage. Mm-hmm. And that's not good for the game. It's good mm-hmm. when different people want different things. Like I talk it's it's great. We talked about like division of labor before. It's great when different people find joy in different things because then every part of the buffalo gets eaten. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's some weirdo out there that wants to eat those buffalo testicles. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I realize that I sound like I have very strong opinions on this and I do for where I'm at, but I I also agree. I think that they all these players should exist. I just wouldn't want people to if you if you want to if you're just your goals. Don't beat your head against a wall if your goal is tournament play. Like keep keep two separate gameplays, right? Brew mm-hmm. and play with people that you enjoy doing that and then pick a deck and play it competitively. You can be both those people. Like mm-hmm. we're both gonna those people t- here. You're going to move towards each of your respective goals half as fast. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can. Yeah. 
if your goal is to go north and you walk a hundred paces in the right direction, you are a hundred paces north. If your goal is to go east and you walk a hundred paces east, you are a hundred paces east. If your goal is to walk north and east and you walk a hundred paces northeast, you're 50 paces north and 50 paces east. Fair. You are not, you, if you are splitting your attention, you are going to go half as far in the same amount of time. I think it's being honest about that too, though. And I feel like if you want to do both, be honest with yourself and not just be, not get frustrated. Like when you said, you're only 50 paces, you're halfway mm-hmm. to two goals that you have. And yeah. say, spend more time heading north, even though you want to head east and be like, because I struggled with that where like I wanted to be both. I wanted to do crazy brews, but I also wanted to play competitively. And I got frustrated at some points. And then I realized like, no, instead of going northeast, let's go north. Like East was fun, but I want like this is my main focus now because, mm-hmm. you know, you you can just be pulled in different directions and not get anything out of it. Yeah. To make it to make that example a little more related to magic. Why don't we say like there's two players and one player wants to they both have they both have 25 hours a week mm-hmm. to 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 work towards their goals in magic and one of them just wants to achieve competitive success and is only doing stuff that moves them towards competitive success and somebody wants to achieve competitive success but also wants to play commander 3 nights a week in that same month long period one of them has spent 100 hours working towards their goals and one of them has spent 60 right because they your time is zero sum. Everything is zero sum. At the end of the day, there is a finite amount of things. You get to decide how much of it goes where. Your attention is finite. Yeah. This is sounding like one of those weird workout podcasts right now. Mm-hmm. Every I mean, moment you spend talking to your loved ones is a moment that you are not spending at the gym. Rise and grind, <laughs> MTG grinders. It's one of those things, though, that if you're being realistic, about what's going on and where you're spending your time and where you're putting your focus and where you're putting your energy, I'd expect your progress to kind of match up with that. If there are two people and one of them is spending all their time doing, moving towards playing competitively and honing skills, and they're doing it for 25 hours a week, and that other one is spending part of those 25 hours doing something else, you are going to expect the first person to make more progress. I I think think having expectations for your goals. Not yeah. only having your goals is, is I think, I think a good thing as well. I think your goals should adjust depending on what you're doing. Like, yeah. I think my goals right now are different than my goals were two weeks ago, depending on how much time I have to spend. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like my amount of time that I have this past few weeks has been less than normal. Mm-hmm. So I've adjusted my goals for myself accordingly. Like, that's important. I just want to. I want to move towards different things. Once modern season starts, my goals are going to shift drastically towards yeah. what sort of things I'm worried about, what sort of skills I'm wanting to tweak, what sort of deck lists I'm memorizing. Ah, oh, they're going to be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those things where if you're realistic with yourself, you will find a lot less disappointment. Yes. Love and it. if if you are working to get better at magic, if your goal truly is improvement, growth technical play, things like that. And someone accuses you of net teching. I have a super secret tech that you can use. And that's walk the fuck away from that person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just leave. 
if it's they are so part easy. of your play group, find another fucking yeah. play group. Yep. Find better like, people. That is that's that's not because that is such a horrible offensive thing that you want to leave. It's because that play if that is a concern for that play group, then their goals are not aligned with yours. This really sounds like a shitty workout podcast. We're rebranding everyone. We're the swole trash masters now. I the mean, goblin trash lifters. Oh God, that has to be a token now. A buff goblin, Kyle, you have to do it. Oh no, oh, I'm going to do it. It's just going to be we like a roided out goblin a in the Jojo like, like art. <laughs> we need to find something that that would be a token for. Oh, uh, easy, a beast token. Yeah, that's yes. the one. That's it. <sighs> yes, I love it. Yes, just, just but just to wrap it up, there are what? two wolves inside you. One's a three three life linker, and the other is a three three with death touch. You are a worm coil. <laughs> Can my two wolves be life link and reach? Yes, Pelucranos. So overall, net decking in competitive spaces isn't a concern. Not. No. Because the goal of those spaces is usually overwhelmingly is not to come up with something original or your own. This game, the competitive magic game under the magic umbrella is not necessarily a self-expressive, right? If you really want to incorporate that in, you get to pick which basic lands you play. I mean, yeah. Or borderless or old border cards, you know, mm -hmm. if you want to, if you still want to be that grinder, but still express while net decking, just play cool arts of stuff. There's like five thousand different arts of cards so yeah go ham and if you're in a spot where you're upset that someone is net decking and you're listening to this right now i'd recommend taking a really big look at yeah. your goals because something's not adding up here right mm -hmm. yeah. either you are upset about somebody else net decking while you purport that your goal is honing in self-improvement and net decking or picking a list to play a proven list to play would be moving you towards your goal. So either you need to adjust how you feel about that, or you should take a look at your goal itself and say, is my goal actually competitive skill? And just like honing those skills and development, because those two, those two things, there is some dissonance there between those two. Mm -hmm. Introspective, you know, look in the mirror. Yeah. Your worm coil. Not me. Well, you don't have a reflection, so you just can't. Actually, that's pretty funny. I only don't have a reflection in old-fashioned silver-backed mirrors. You see, because 30 pieces of silver were what used to betray Jesus. <laughs> and that's why I don't have a reflection in silver-backed mirrors. Oh, my God. Yeah, Judas, the first vampire. Well, man, we brought it back to fucking Twilight. But Twilight is good, actually. Twilight is good, actually. Twilight's great. This is the skin of a Bella killer. Of a Bella killer. Oh, deep cuts from the Trash Masters. Yes, indeed. All right. Are we ready to do a guessing game? I mean, fine, but I'm going to complain the whole time. Oh, I think that's what we'll call it. <laughs> oh, my God. So I we're going to play fine, but I'm going to complain the whole time, which <laughs> is a guessing game where we guess each other's cards. Ashley, Kyle, and I have each prepared an existing Magic the Gathering card that exists currently that in decked. our brains <laughs> that we net decked. We found them on the Internet. Bad mm -hmm. people. Oh, get out of mm -hmm. here. Where's your where's your where's your pride? Where's your originality? Bobo Man's uh, going to get you. Uh, we've each prepared a card that is currently existing in our brains. We are going to give each other cryptic hints as to what the name of that card mm -hmm. is. And the other two will try Spooky. to guess it. 
If we need extra information, we can always ask the person who has the card in their brain some yes or no questions to help us get closer. We are naming cards that are stock in top decks. Yes. That you like play, uh, the deck you like playing, but this card, you hate it. It is one that is part of the list and you don't want to deviate from the list too bad and you think it's shitty, but yes, you feel like you, you should play it. it anyway. I've got my card. Ashley, how about you? I've got it. Anthony's hints won't help you though. So, no. Kyle, what about you? Oh, I got it. You got it? Mm. All right. Are we going to wheel to see who goes first? Wheel. Wheel I love of fortune. Yes. Narset wheels. Oh. Wheel of, oh my God. I typed spinny wheel into <laughs> Google and it knew. Did it find it? And yeah. now you're on a list. <laughs> I love that. Google's great. The Google terrifying. It is terrifying. The it's internet really... is terrifying. Ashley. It's a me. Start us off. I don't know why I always have to say it like that, but. Because we're all Mario. Apparently. All right. This card, you're probably going to guess because I've complained about it a lot. Okay. Okay. So, man, if I give that, I don't give it away. I'll say it is a 2-2 creature. Is it recruitment officer? No. What did you say? 2-2 creature. 2-2. So it has Is it a brutal Kafar? Yeah. That's the only good card in your deck. Okay. I just don't like playing it. No, okay. I, I feel no, you. No, so the, the example though is this is a this is a real life example of it it's not truly brutal. We so I switched Brutal Cathar for Copper Coat Vanguard. To be clear, Copper Coat can- Vanguard, good card. Like it, does really Love great, mm-hmm. but lines up well against red black, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good card. So, you know, but there's too many times that I've wanted to have a brutal instead. Just in the current meta that we play against. Mm-hmm. I just really want that brutal to just hit some creatures. Yeah. And I I just I've missed it. And so I think I'm gonna have to switch it in. So it's like a, a mild example of the things that we're talking about today. No, I I, I get you because I, I feel the same way about Brutal Cathar. It's literally like I think the definition of like, yeah, sure, you gotta do it. Like it, there's sometimes you get blown out because you know they have a removal mm-hmm. spell and yeah. You wait on an empty board. Here's a three mana two two. You're just like, I wish you were something else. But it's just very impactful uh, in the mono white deck. It's it's your removal as well as a creature. And when it flips, it's 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 great. It's ward mm-hmm. pay three life and a first strike three three three. Like that's that's pretty sweet. And you can play two savannah lines and flip it back and take something else. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about this card is fucking daybound. It is one uh, more thing I have to remember. I that's hate the, the only reason mechanic. why. I hate the day-night mechanics so much. I do, too, like, but you I, have I, to. They're too I get good. it. Like, it's much better and flavorful as far as, like, the Innistrad mechanic goes, but the yeah. fact that we have to keep up with it, just it's, it's like, yeah. mildly annoying. Mm-hmm. It's I, I would put it past mildly annoying. I'd say it is uh, devastatingly annoying. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I think this is the worst design mistake that has been made since Storm. Damn. That, that was Hot stronger than only. I felt about it. Yeah, hot takes heard only. it here. Heard it for here first, y'all. I mean, I'll. I well, don't I love hate, it. I hate having to track it for my fucking opponent when uh, they yeah, play like two graveyard trespassers in their deck. They put a day night token into play and then don't pay attention to it ever again, mm-hmm. and they ignore it. And I am keeping track of it for them. Yeah, because if I don't, I get a failure to maintain. Yeah, it's so full fucking disclosure. Annoying. I have been that player. I have been the player that has forgotten to check. It's just one more thing on the board when I'm trying to think about other things in gameplay. 
that's hard for me to keep track of, but I am going to have to learn it because I've missed this card in my deck. Uh, so what I like to do is I like to put a die on two on the day-night token if it's on night. Ooh, yeah, that's good. I like to I like to put it I like to if it's on the night side I like to put it on two and when uh, a person casts a spell I'll take it down to one and when a person casts another spell I'll take the die off and then on my upkeep there's no die on the night token I flip it over I like that and then on day when I cast the spell I'll put a die on it and again if if the um if it doesn't have anything on it I flip it. so and it's, it's like just your storm like, counter yeah it's it's like a storm counter but just more annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that a lot, actually. I use die for other things too, like remembering an upkeep check. I'll put it mm -hmm. on top of my deck. So. Yeah. That way you can't draw without it. Yep. Ready to spin that fucking wheel again? Oh, do it. Do it. Do it, coward. It's so aggressive. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. It's me. Oh, it's Anthony. Now we just all say it like Mario. Yes. I have done this. We are Mario. Just all right. Like Rexy. We are, we, we are Mario. It's one of the mono green flex slots, is mine. Oh. Uh, Teferi? No. That's Boat? not stock anymore, but I do love it. Boat? No, I wit. This has functionally replaced Boat in the stock lists, and I really do not like that. I don't Is it know. a creature? It is. Does it have three pips? It has zero pips. Zero pips. Zero pips, and it's a creature? Mono green devotion? Is it an artifact creature? Yep. Does it cost one mana? Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna feel so real now, dumb. To be to be fair, I like that this is in the deck. I do not like that it is in the main board now. Gotcha. Oh, okay. okay. That's what I mean by it's in one of those flex slots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's an artifact creature. Does it have unearth? It does. Is it cityscape leveler? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate yeah. making my goddamn storm the festivals worse. Yeah. By putting more cards that aren't hits in there. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of sucks. Um, but I understand why it's in there. It makes sense. It's good if you mill it with Cavalier because you can unearth it and then go get it with Karn later. Mm -hmm. It's also good just to have as an out in the deck in case they like Pithy Needle your Karn, Pithy Needle your Boseju, you know? Like, I understand why it's there and I'm going to play it, but I fucking hate that it's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. Like, I, I get that. I definitely got uh, run over by a leveler in a mono green deck I played against recently. Yeah, it's, it's backbreaking, especially when mm -hmm. they unearth it, it gets exiled, and they have Karn, and you're just like, oh, it's mm -hmm. coming back. Mm -hmm. Cityscape Leveler 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, like the Karn pluses. And, but I mean, the card's very good, and I've always been a fan of having it in the sideboard, and I think I think it's correct to do one main, one side. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's it's a nice way to not immediately die to Elishnor. Yeah, because of the cast trigger. So, that's something. Not <laughs> It's stocked, but You'll complain I the whole it time. Weren't. It just feels like <laughs> feels like it's contrary to like the nature of the deck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I want main deck a main deck. I want to be like very linear and get m more interactive post board. But you know how it. But you know how it be, Kyle. You're left. All right. What so, you got for us? So I do have like a tiny honorable mention. I this was this would be my pick uh, before Lord of the Rings, but uh. Birds of Paradise has always been the, like, I hate it, but I gotta. But Delighted Halfling has come into my life, and I'm very... Now you don't gotta. Oh, yeah, I'm very delighted. I'm so <laughs> happy. It doesn't you die get... to Renin 6, and it's adorable. Mm. Mm. Love it. But this will probably give it away. Uh, this card is the reason I'm not listed in the white pages. Wall, Wall of, of Roots? Roots? 
yes, uh, I love it and hate it. Like, I, I have to because it's great with Court of Calling. It's an 05 blocker. But I, I've just top decked it so many times when I wish it was literally anything else. And also the fact that it stalks me and waits out my side of my window and, you know, wears my face and stuff. That doesn't help either. <laughs> yeah, like this, like Ashley, for context, last Valentine's Day, Kyle got a, uh, like a, a one of those uh, heart containers from a secret admirer. Mm. And it did have chocolate in there, but it was actually just a chocolate casting of his butthole. And Kyle was just like, how did you get this wall of roots? That's horrifying. <laughs> it was meant to be. Because wall that's of more roots concerning. is horrifying. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm not listed in the white pages. Have you not been listening? I am terrified. <clears throat> I haven't slept in three days. My favorite part is that Kyle said it was meant to be as in it was meant to be terrifying. And Ashley heard it was meant to be as in his love for Wall of Roots was yes, destined. It has been written. I was turning it. It's uh, Kyle and Wall of Roots, a better love story than Twilight. I also love that mine and Kyle's... Uh, well, you're both uh, over 18, so... Oh, God, no. Oh, oh, God. I love that both... Oh, yeah, Wall of Roots turned 18 and uh, just just this year, so I guess libertarians don't care about it anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh that. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh my. it's so oh. weird. Walrus is real mature for its age. Oh, stop. stop it! Oh my god! Breathe. Is Kyle Leonardo DiCaprio in this situation, oh. or is Walrus? No, Leonardo. No, Kyle is. Draw me like one of your French girls. Oh, I, 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 okay. Yeah, you're thinking. Okay, I was thinking like swim fan. Swim fan. Oh, what? Oh nope. That movie came out uh, 21 years ago. That movie can legally drink. It's got a it's got a clean five star out of ten rating on IMDb. Cool. It's uh, yeah. It okay. So I have either of you seen Swim Fan? Because no. I can recommend it. Okay, let me get let me hit you up. Let me give you the elevator pitch to Swim Fan. All right, hit us. So this high school senior is on the swim team. And he's got this girlfriend and he's kind of set his life right. And he's overcome some stuff and he's ready to go. And he meets this new girl in school who like hits on him and then they sleep together. And then he's just like, nope, that was incorrect. I should not have done that. That was bad. And then she proceeds to stalk him for the entirety of the movie. And she just like follows him and like shows up at his house and pretends to be his girlfriend who his parents have not met yet. Oh, no. And oh like God. makes up a bunch. of It's it's terrible. I love this movie so much. <laughs> oh, my God. And she she gets like she gets real wall of rootsy with it. If you know what I'm saying. The chocolate casting Does that come from that idea. No, no. They this, I think this that was, movie just was released Anthony in 2002. Child. Yeah, <laughs> they. They could not have put that in a PG-13 movie in that year. <laughs> Maybe if it was in the 80s. Well, at least with the Boreal Grazer, it's just hand stuff. So I'm fine with that. Oh, my God. And he's real slow. I can outrun him. It's not the end of the world. Kyle went to Wall Roots' house once, and there was a lamp that had a really weird-looking lampshade. And he asked Wall of Roots about it, and Wall of Roots was like, oh, that's because the lampshade is made out of your skin from last time you got a sunburn. I think you broke, Ashley. Oh, just no. held together with shellac. Oh, oh no. 
Yeah, it's horrifying. That means Wallowroots has been following me since I lived in Florida, and that was a while ago. Its bed is real lumpy, and that's just because it's not stuffed with things that beds are stuffed with. Instead, it's just stuffed with used tissues. Oh, and Kyle's hair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Kyle's hair goes to a different project. You see, Wallowroots oh. has a nice tire swing out in front of its house, and instead of a rope it's that my is hair. made of rope, it's just woven, just spun and woven <laughs> like Kyle's hair. Because Wall of Roots was called a spinster once, and it took that to heart, to heart. and literally. Mm-hmm. And I have really thick hair, so it's it's still out there. It's a powerful rope. It's just one giant dread Don't made of my Don't cut your love. hair, Kyle. I mean, I wasn't planning on it, but I definitely am not now. You hear that, Wall of Roots? I'm keeping it. I'll wait with you. You know, now, now that you say... It had skin from when I got real sunburned because I was, when I lived in Florida, I did go kayaking and I was like, this weird that that mangrove is, is moving. Ah, it's nothing. I'll be fine. Yeah. And now this is my life. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Wall of Roots. <laughs> I'll still play you in Yawgmoth, but I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to be upset so about it. Swim fan is actually just gender swapped fear. I was just thinking about oh that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a movie that more people have heard of. Yes. I, I have because seen it. Because it was better. Yeah.